Welcome to Web of Tomorrow. I'm Adam Garrett Harris, and today we're talking with Kyle Matthews, the creator of Gatsby JS. Hey, everyone. So, um, what is Gatsby? Gatsby is a blazing fast React static site generator, and um, it aims to give you a really nice out of the box experience where you can like everything set up for you. Uh, React, Webpack, uh, different you know CSS options, uh, JavaScript, you know modern JavaScript, um, etc., and you can build really fast sites without a lot of uh, effort on your part. Cool. So, how did you get the idea for Gatsby? Um, basically, so I started using React pretty early. So it was open source, like mid two thousand thirteen, and kind of you know started. Picked, you know, got on my radar then, and I was working at a a, a job in in San Francisco, uh, a startup, um, building like JavaScript web applications with Backbone, and I really liked it in a lot of ways, but uh, it had a lot of like kind of weird sharp edges slash missing things, and like React just came along, and I was like, this is like so beautiful, like the component model, like it just like. Because, I mean, Backbone, ha- like, a lot of people, like, Components is an old idea. Like, React didn't invent the idea of Components. But no one had really, I mean, Backbone Components existed, but they were kind of just missing a lot of stuff. Anyway, so React Components was just, like, this is, like, so beautiful. And so, uh, anyway, so I started following that, and then I quit that job, like, early 2014, and just started doing a bunch of stuff with React. I was like, this is the future. This is what I want to learn do everything with. And then... Kind of mid-ish 2014, a friend and I, we started working on a startup. And um, so anyways, worked on that for a while. And was building our web application with React, of course. And then kind of like early 2015, it was kind of getting to a point where like, okay, we're like, you know, we kind of know what we're doing. We're like, we have the application started working, like start to go public pretty soon. And of course, you need a website. And I was like, okay, I haven't built like a website website in a while. Like, what's... How do people do that these days? <laughs> and I was looking around. I was like, oh, man, like, I hate all these things, you know, because, like, I'd use, like, Drupal and WordPress and, like, you know, built my own little stack site generator in the past. And I was like, ugh, these are all terrible. Like, I want to use, you know, like, React Components and Webpack and all these other, like, really nice modern tools. And anyways, and so um, there was other people thinking about the same thing at the time. And uh, I just, like, I just thought about it a bunch, and I figured out kind of, like, clever way to pull all those together and so that that was like the first version of Gatsby um that I built just for my startup's uh website and then I open sourced that and then a lot of other people got interested and just kind of like snowballed from there cool so what what is the tech behind Gatsby you mentioned react what mm-hmm. else um so the goal of Gatsby is that it should it is to use like pretty standard, like industry standard stuff. Um, with the idea being that if you're a React web application developer, you can like install and use Gatsby and it feels like completely natural. Um, that's what I wanted. I mean, I'd already like learned Webpack and React, like how to use those two together and loaders and so forth uh, for the applications that I've been building. So it's like, that's what I wanted from, from, from Gatsby. And so it uses... Uh, React and then Webpack for module bundling and then like normal standard loaders and so forth. So things, it, yeah. So if you build a React Webpack, you know, Babel 
uh, web app, then using Gatsby should feel pretty, you know, And then it also has Redux and GraphQL, right? Uh, yeah, so the latest version of, of Gatsby, um, it adds Redux, but that's just for, like, kind of managing internal state. Like, while using Gatsby, you shouldn't see, okay. like, you shouldn't see Redux at all. Um, and, and, yeah, yeah, and GraphQL is also new new addition to the new version, new major version of Gatsby that was released recently. Um, and GraphQL is used very much, like, if you've seen, like, Relay or Apollo, um, those, those kind of clients for... Uh, for building stuff on the web, it works pretty similar. That on like React or on Gatsby page or, or React page components in Gatsby, you can have a query which says, you know, for this page, like for this, you know, blog index page or for this, you know, product overview page, mm-hmm. you know, here's, you know, the query describes the data that is needed for that page. Mm-hmm. And then Gatsby makes sure, well, you know, while you're developing and, you know, in, in production, that when that page gets rendered, that data that you uh, queried for is there. Cool. All right. So who who is Gatsby for? Who who are you who do you want to to be using this? What kind of stuff can you build with Gatsby? Um yeah, so So yeah, so the first version of Gatsby was kind of like intended for Basically, my mindset was, hey, React developers who also want to build websites. Uh, so you want to have like kind of like a static render of everything. You know, you have your different React pages and you can like throw in some markdown as well. And you just want to have a static render of that so that it loads faster. That was kind of like the the main use case that I had in mind for the first version of Gatsby. Um, but Gatsby, the, Gatsby V1 is much more ambitious. Um uh, the, the latest version in that it adds the ability to like pull data from like remote APIs. And this is really important because most websites in the world are like powered by content management systems. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is like, it's not just, you know, one or two developers who are like cranking out a site. I mean, the, you know, there's lots of those, of course, but the vast majority of websites in the world are like big, complex operations, you know, mm-hmm. with like dozens or even hundreds of people who have their hands on all sorts of, you know, different pieces of it. And they need like specialized tools for managing the content, which, you know, which we know is content management systems. Um, and so for any like website building tool to like actually make it kind of outside of the little niche of, you know, programmers messing around with stuff, you need the ability to integrate with uh, content management systems. And so that's 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 like kind of one of the major focuses of Gatsby V1 um, to be able to do that. Um, and so, which anyways, which is already paid off because I've seen there's a number of agencies that are like working on Gatsby WordPress sites where they're using WordPress as a CMS, okay. and then like building you know, like the actual site in Gatsby. So they get advantage of kind of like modern JavaScript and CSS and like the React component model, but they still have the familiar WordPress ecosystem to like set up you know, the actual content editing experience for their clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been really happy with that. Um, and there's also a lot of, like, uh, kind of, like, new startups offering, like, CMSs that are, like, headless, basically, where they don't have... All they are is, like, the content editing, you know, part and an API. They don't have, like... WordPress is, like, that piece plus, like... Yeah. You know, everything around, like, actually building and running the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, like, work really, really well with Gatsby because... You know, they just they concentrate on having a really nice interface for like creating editing content, and then Gatsby has a really nice you know 
uh, tool set for building really fast websites. Cool. So yeah. So anyway. So yeah. So to your question, um, the audience is pretty much anyone building any sort of website, especially if you want to be fast. Yeah, especially if you want to be fast, which is pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, it's also an interesting, I think, fit for kind of like hybrid website web apps. Um, there's several people, several startups that are building their, like, everything basically on Gatsby. So they have, like, their marketing site, you know, that's, like, static. But then <clears throat> Gatsby V1 also has kind of the ability to have, like, client-only like client-only sections of the site, uh, which is then just a traditional web app, you know, that loads up and then hits an API and then, you know, mm-hmm. does its thing from there. Yeah, because um, you're just building it in React. Yeah, and it's just all React, and so it just, it just works. Um, and uh, That's cool, because I've seen companies in the past build their marketing site with Jekyll, but they clearly couldn't do make their, their app with Jekyll. Exactly, yeah, which, exactly. And, and there's a ton of, like, inefficiencies through that model because... You have different programming languages. You have different like models of thinking about things. You have different build steps. You have, you know, you have to like have the problem of like merging styles back and forth and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing. And if everything's in Gatsby, you can reuse the same like layout components and other components across the whole site. You know, it's the same styles. It's the same you know way of thinking about the world. So mm-hmm. there's no like friction. There's a lot of companies that's like the marketing site is like the redheaded stepchild sort of thing where. You know, marketing people are always begging, you know, engineer times like, hey, somebody come work on our site. And they don't want to because it's like, it's this like big abrupt, you know, shift to like, oh, how does this stupid thing work again? You know, it's like, anyways, but if everything's the same, it's like everything kind of moves along together um, and it's a much cleaner, uh, more efficient model. Okay. So why is Gatsby so fast? Great question. Um... There's a few ways to answer that. Uh, first is like Gatsby as a static site generator inherits kind of all the speed advantages of static sites, which is, you know, basically it's like, so if you think about how does, how a website gets loaded, it's like person A is like somewhere in the world and like there's, you know, they type in the browser a site there's DNS resolution, and then there's a little HTTP request that sends on the packet over the you know the internet, and like gets routed to a server somewhere, which then does some work, and then sends back you know files, or or well, it sends back data, uh, and then that comes to the browser and gets all assembled, and the browser like pulls it all together and like spits you know renders, you know pixels on the screen, which then we see as the website. Um, so why static sites in general are fast is because they well, A, they avoid doing any work on the server. So if you have kind of like a site that's run by a, you know, a, 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 you know code that runs for each response, there's like cost from like running the code. And especially if there's like database queries that has to be run before, you know, data can be sent back to the client. So static sites avoids that because it's like request comes in and then you just load files off the disk and then send them back, mm-hmm. which is like super duper fast compared to like running queries and like running code and that sort of thing. Yeah. So like I thought Jekyll was super fast because it's static. Yeah. But then Gatsby like takes it to another level. Yeah. Yeah. So so Gatsby gets a lot from that. But Gatsby also, it tries to bake in. So 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 it, it does several things. First, it tries to like, like 
enforce everyone using, you know, all the kind of like the best performance techniques. So like one example is like by default, Gatsby inline CSS in the head. So you're not making like a, like most sites you have like an HTTP request and then it loads in and then it like loads, mm-hmm. then it does another request for CSS and JavaScript and so forth. But it's actually much faster if you inline CSS into the head of the HTML. Mm-hmm. And Gatsby does some like nice tricks to make that really easy to do. Um, and so that saves, you know, oftentimes like three to 750 milliseconds on the initial, you know, paint time. Um, so that's something that most, you know, most people don't even know about and like definitely aren't doing and that Gatsby just does for you. So there, there's a few other tricks like that that Gatsby does. Um, but the other big thing is that Gatsby is kind of a universal JavaScript. So it does has like, it, it can render your site, you know, at build time to HTML, but it can also render in the client. So once Gatsby loads, um, all subsequent pages are rendered in the client and not on the server. And so that means that there's like no latency at all when clicking on different pages. Um, Gatsby just like prefetches all the data and code needed for each new page. So when you click on it, there's no like request to the internet at that point. It's just like, you know, assembling the new page in your browser and then whoop, there it is. And so frequently, you know, that's like 30, 50 milliseconds versus, you know, like uh, if, you, if you have to go back to the internet to get stuff for the new page, you're looking at at least like 100, but oftentimes, you know, especially on mobile, like 500, you know, 500 milliseconds, 1000 milliseconds, that sort of thing. Don't you have another thing, another project that helps make uh, websites faster with web fonts? Uh, yeah, that's the typefaces. Yeah. The basic idea is that, you know, self-hosting your fonts is faster almost always than, like, Google fonts. Yeah, um, I had no idea. I thought uh, yeah. it's just getting it from somewhere, so why, yeah. why, is it, why is it slower from Google? So the reason is, is that, like, what Google fonts gives you is a CSS file. So, so what, anyways, when you add Google Fonts to a site, it adds basically a CSS file that Google hosts. And so you first have to make a request to get that CSS file. And then in that CSS file, there's like then links to the actual font files for whatever font that you want to add to your site. And so Google Fonts is like always like two requests before you start, you know, before you have the fonts. And then when you self-host, and with like inlining it, mm-hmm. it's like the request to. Anyways, there, there's no additional request. I guess it's just like it's like you load the you load you load the page, and then you like there's a links right already there to the font files. Yeah. So just avoids extra cool. request. So you mentioned you could get data from external APIs, mm-hmm. and and then you are going to generate static sites mm-hmm. locally instead of on the server and push up those static files. Um, but what happens when that data changes from the time you build it to the time a user visits the site? Do they get the old data and then it, it like flickers for a second and gets the new data? Um, so, no. So Gatsby, I mean, is a static site generator. So it's like, you're kind of like outputting like, you know, static bundles like the whole site you know is just like html and 
JavaScript and JSON and that sort of thing. Um, so basically, you need to rebuild the site every time there's a change. And so whatever, so basically, you could think of it as like versions of the site. So if user A loads version, you know, 273, then they'll be like navigating within version 273. Mm -hmm. And if there's like a change to like content or to code or whatever, like version 274 is out. Okay. Then they won't see that until they like reload the site. Okay. Basically. So, so if you, you build Gatsby site and then someone makes change on the CMS, maybe mm -hmm. they're using WordPress as a CMS, mm -hmm. the site will not be updated until, yeah. until you build Gatsby again. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Have people come up with a way to automate that? Uh, yeah, that's actually, yeah. So a lot of people are doing that. Um, basically, you just need to have like a build server of some sort. And there's a few services that do that, like Netlify. Um, and then you have like a, you know, a webhook from your CMS mm -hmm. that then just triggers a rebuild okay. on uh, your build server. Um and so, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's fairly straightforward to do. Uh, I know some people also do like a cron job, uh, which is another option if you're, you know, data doesn't change that often. Okay. And a cron job would just run at a certain interval, like every night or something. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. But, but generally speaking, like a webhook works really well and is yeah. fairly straightforward to set up. Most, most CMSs, especially, especially like the, the API CMSs, then they're already like set up to do this out of the box. And yeah. Like, and then you probably get an email if something didn't build right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, one question I'm really interested in is that a year ago you announced you're working on Gatsby full time. Mm -hmm. And so how do you make money <laughs> if you don't mind? Uh, no, that's a great question. Uh, because I think it seems like you're kind of like living the dream. Yeah. You're just like, I'm just going to quit my job and do this open source project. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Basically, I've been, basically, it's, it's been a few different sources. There's, uh, been a number of companies who have been, you know, who are really interested in, in the plans for 1.0 and have either directly sponsored it or pay me to work on projects using, uh, the kind of work in progress 1.0, um, code. Uh, and that's been the majority of, uh, funding, um, and uh, yeah, so that, that that's been what I've been doing so far. But, I mean, this is the tricky thing about open source is that you know you really need like for for an open source project to really take off, you really need at a minimum of like hundreds of thousands of dollars investment. Mm -hmm. You know, and you get some of that, of course. Like you have like if you have lots of people using it and lots of people submitting PRs, like they're individually. It's like, if you think about the time value of like these different PRs that people are contributing, like each PR is like minimum of like hundreds of dollars in investment. Mm -hmm. And some like, you know, mid, mid to major type PRs, like they could easily be like thousands of dollars of, you know, time that these, you know, really talented engineers are contributing yeah. to the open source project. So there's definitely like lots of investment. So how much learning is involved with, uh, Gatsby to get go, get going with Gatsby. Say, say you don't know React. Um, yeah, is React all you need to know, or what? What else? Um. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely have to have a. Probably. Even like a fairly beginner level of understanding of React should be sufficient, because. 
most most of the time you're just using like React components, and you really can use just like the the function, you know, React components for most stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So like basic understanding of JavaScript, basic understanding of React, um, some understanding of Webpack is is helpful, especially if you want to do like more complicated things. And then past that, it's it's really how far you want to go in different directions. Um, okay. How much of the Gatsby API do you need to know? Again, it depends. Like, if it's a fairly simple site, like, perhaps in all, you know, you just, like, you know, start using Gatsby, and then you add a few plugins, and then you just write React components, and then build it, and off you go. Um, but if you want to, like, start writing, like, custom plugins, you know, then, of course, you're going to have to dive into the APIs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it, it the goal is that the plugin the plugin system is like robust enough that as time goes on, you know, more and more use cases will be solved by just installing a plugin. Yeah. So um, I was looking through the post on the Gatsby blog about how to how to get started mm -hmm. make you know, making a Gatsby blog. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is just installing Gatsby plugins. Yeah. But it still seems fairly intensive. As far as install all of these, and then here's all this boilerplate code yeah. to wire it all up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's and so I actually have a plugin in mind that will remove most of that boilerplate. Um, okay. So yeah, so it and, and that's that's the goal. I just uh, you know with like all the work just getting Gatsby out. Period. Mm -hmm. um, I left it kind of boilerplate D. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that any any boilerplate can be subsumed within a plugin. Yeah, um, is kind of the. Goal. I think it's also kind of cool because even though it is boilerplate, it's it it describes exactly what your site is doing, and mm -hmm. you can change it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not super opinionated. It doesn't say how you have to name your files or where you put your files or how mm -hmm. things go or what a post is or what a page. You know, mm -hmm. you can. Do yeah. whatever. Yeah. So like, I think I think the right because like there's always this like there's this trade off between you know like you have use cases and like oh we'll build around those use cases and then those use cases are very easy to to accomplish but then oh if I want to step outside of those kind of like you know blessed blessed paths mm -hmm. then all of a sudden like life is hard. Yeah. Um. And a lot of systems kind of end up in that that kind of uh, that trap, I guess. We call it a trap. Um, and I didn't want Gatsby. I didn't want that to happen with Gatsby. So I, what I think like the best pattern is that you have pretty low level primitives that you decide like these are like you know these like basic things are what constitute you know is what the system supports. And then you add kind of like scaffolding tools, I guess, that then you can build up abstractions on top of, you, you can build up arbitrary abstractions on top of those mm -hmm. lower level constructs. And so like you think like a programming language, like programming languages are awesome. Like they're, they're all completely designed around this. Like they give you like different data types. Like oh, you have strings, you have ints, you have, you know, you have floats and mm -hmm. you have like functions and whatever, and then using these, like, little, like, pretty low-level stuff, you can then build up, you know, any sort of abstraction on top of that. Yeah. Um, and works, you know, super well. So you can think of, like, Gatsby as, like, 
kind of in that same sort of thing where Gatsby's like, hey, you have pages, you have layouts, you know, you have data of various sorts, you have like queries, you know, that you can like query your data and pull data into, you know, your components. And then using these like kind of like site specific primitives, then you can like build up abstractions on top of that. Cool. So you said you can pull data from APIs, but you can also just have mm -hmm. local data and then you got your pages and posts. Mm -hmm. So how describe queries, how do you get how do you use that data? Um so interesting thing about like the local stuff is that in, in the Gatsby world, like data coming from like your local file system is treated exactly the same as data coming from remote APIs. Cool. Like as far as Gatsby is concerned, it's just data that just arrives from mm -hmm. somewhere. So, so Gatsby's data system is basically there's source plugins and then there's transformer plugins. And so source plugins, their responsibility is like somewhere out there in the world, there's data and it pulls it in somehow. And it's up to the source plugin, how it does that. It could mm -hmm. use carrier pigeons or probably doesn't, but probably uses like JavaScript, you know, NPM libraries or something or, or you know, API calls to get stuff. Um, so in the case of like a file system, we, you know, the, the source file system plugin, you just tell it what directory to look at. And then it goes through that, you know, directory and recursively finds all the files and then adds those as like, as files, file, uh, anyways, as those as nodes, like, which is like, nodes, kind of yeah. like the basic Gatsby data type, uh, into Gatsby and then those are usable. But like for a remote source plugin, uh, it would just hit an API and then pull in the data from there and then somehow turn that into, again, nodes, which then go into Gatsby. Mm -hmm. Um, and then transformer plugins, how they work is that source plugins can say, so source plugins say, Hey, like, I know how to handle my, my, I know how to completely handle my data. Um, and so I'm just going to add them as like, you know, all the data is already kind of like, like decomposed into like fields. And so there's no more kind of like decompose, decomposition that can happen. It's like, like there's a title field and then there's like a date field and this, that, and the other thing. And it's already kind of like in its final state, but there's often times where you have like data that, you know, like a source plugin is like, well, I don't really know exactly what the end user wants to do with this. And so I'm going to kind of leave it in kind of like, like mm -hmm. unconverted form, like kind of like, like raw source form yeah. that then can be converted per the needs of an individual site. So Markdown is like a really obvious example of this because it's like pretty common. Um, so, so a source plugin say, hey, I have this node and it's Markdown and I'm not going to do anything with it. It's just like, here's Markdown. It, mm -hmm. But this node is like, has this like raw content that's Markdown. Then a transformer plugin can come along and say, hey, I know how to transform Markdown into something else, which of course typically is, you know, HTML. So there's like then like transformer plugins that take this raw content Markdown and then turn it into HTML. And so it basically says, here's a, here's, here's a node that's a type, you know, Markdown, and I'm going to transform it into a new node that's of type HTML. Got it. Um, and so this can be, this, th these sort of like transformations can happen from any one data type to another data type. So like there's like a CSV transformer, which takes like a CSV file and turns mm -hmm. it into like, you know, each each row is now a new node. 
you know, same thing like JSON, you know, YAML. Uh, there's like image transformer plugins, which mm. take an image and then can turn it into like, you know, resize the image, can, yeah. you know, turn down the grayscale, you know, can do basically anything that you want. Um, Is that all done with JavaScript? Uh, not necessarily. Um, it can be done with JavaScript. Uh, in the, for the image case, there's uh, this uh, NPM package called Sharp, hmm. which has, which kind of like, anyways, it uses another like really kind of like older... Image magic or something? Uh, it's not using image It's libvips or something like that. Okay. Anyways, it's like super fast and it's like really, it's pretty easy to install, you know, across, you know, platforms. So, yeah. Um, it does, it has a lot of the image transformation, but you could, you could totally write one with image magic if you want. Um, but anyways, yeah. So it's like, so you have source nodes and then you have transform nodes, which like take, you know, data and turn it into other sorts of data. Um, anyways, and this all eventually kind of like this, this kind of like chain of transformations is just kind of like automatically happens using, using all the plugins that you install. And then out of that comes then a GraphQL schema, which is like, you know, all the different types of data that you have and all the fields that you have gets turned into this, this, this schema. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of one way of thinking about it is like, you know, you're basically constructing on the fly a database yeah, um, with all your data and like all the transformations of the data. And then you then have like a database schema, which in this case is like powered by GraphQL. And then kind of like, you know, old school, like PHP or something like that. Then, like when you're creating pages, then you can just write queries directly against, you know, your database to like pull in the data that you want. Um, and uh, yeah, and so GraphQL is like a really nice query language for that. Yeah, because that would just pull in the parts you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, I need a list of all the authors, mm-hmm. you can do it. Yeah. Uh, tags for. Yeah. For the pages, tags that are within those pages, pages that are within those tags. Yeah. Like some stuff that can be really hard with a static site generator. Yeah, exactly. You just come up with an idea of what you want to query for and then you got it. Yeah. Yeah, because that that was like, yeah, that was one of the big motivations for uh, this new data layer and the old GraphQL system is that, yeah, like static site generators are really nice for simple sites because it's like... It's very simple. It's just like, oh, you, like, you have data and you like put it through templates and out comes pages. And they're assuming the kind of data that you want. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they let you put some custom markdown and stuff, but querying it's not that easy. Yeah. But yeah, these kind of like, these kind of like the idea of like jumping across lots of different files or lots of different data sources, you know, to like query like all authors or, you know, all page, all posts created by an author or all posts where a tag shows up, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, that gets, like, weird to do uh, in static site, uh, traditional static site generation, yeah. generators. And so the GraphQL um, stuff makes it, that, like, really trivial to do. Um, and it also makes it trivial to do all sorts of, like, complex data transformations that are, like, mm. just powered by plugins and are performant and cached and so forth. Um, so... What other t- are there other types of plugins besides the what you call it source? Yeah, source. besides besides source and transform. Yeah, so 
So there's plugins that are for the data layer. So those are the source and transformer plugins. And those are responsible for like fetching data and then transforming data in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are most plugins. But then there's also plugins for kind of two other categories, I guess, would be like Webpack-related plugins. So, you know, if you want to set up like, you know, if you want to use less, for example, yeah. there's in Webpack world, you know, there's a less loader that you use to then like add support for, you know, transform for, for kind of like Webpack lingo, loading less files and like doing different stuff to it. Um, and so there's actually not a Gatsby less plugin yet, but so maybe that's a better example since someone's written that. But anyways, there's a Gatsby SAS plugin, okay. which does all the setup for using SAS in your site. Um, and then there's also, uh, Another category of plugins for like kind of like solving miscellaneous, you know, website problems. So for example, like adding Google Analytics, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's just a Gatsby plugin which will add it to you know like at the end of your body and all the kind of normal stuff. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is say, okay, here's my, you know, here's the ID, tracking ID, yeah. and then it, you know it happens. Um, and then there's like an offline plugin, you know, um, which uh, generates, you know, a service worker automatically that's, like, set up for your site. So you add that, and all of a sudden your site works offline. Um, so, anyways, there, there's a whole bunch. There's a very long list of random, you know, stuff like that um, that plugins can handle. Cool. So so when you decided to make Gatsby, how, how hard was it, and like, how did you figure it out, and mm-hmm. did you think you would be able to do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's definitely uh, many moments where I, 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 I doubt it. I was just like, man, this is, it's just, I don't know. When you, whenever you do like something novel, it's like, you really don't know what you're getting yourself into. Um, and so it, it's both like, it's both hard, like both like the unknowns, just you, you can... You don't know how long the pathway is or what you're going to encounter along the way. And so there's a lot of, you know, fears associated with like kind of like that unknown, that, that, the unknownness of the path, you know, it's like, am I going to have enough resources to get through? Like, will I be able to like, is it actually solvable? You know, it's like, I haven't, I, I have, when I started Gatsby, you know, the next, the next major version of Gatsby, I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted it to do, but it's like, is it actually doable? You know, like all these things that I want to make happen. Um... Yeah, I think for me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't th- think is it doable, but can I do it? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I mean, I kind of. I don't know. I kind of. I, I'm very much. Uh, you know, I think most people are capable of doing a lot more than they think they can. It's uh, just letting yourself believe that, and then you know, putting in the time. Yeah. To get there. And there's definitely, I, I had to learn a ton of stuff to do Gatsby. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of kind of like code techniques I hadn't used before that I didn't even necessarily know existed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I guess the thing is, it's like, if you can overcome your fear of the unknown and just kind of like plunge in, it's like, it's kind of like you dive in and then, I mean, you, you can't see the path that you're going to take necessarily, but like... Once you get there, either you can like cut your way through, or you can like go around obstacles. Or I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, there's a lot of metaphors you can use here, but basically, it's like 
as long as you like allow yourself the time to learn things, you know, you can do a lot more than you think you can. It's like if other people, you know, people who do stuff that you haven't done, it isn't because they're like smarter than you necessarily. It's because, you know, for whatever reason, they've had the opportunity to learn the, learn the skills and knowledge necessary to do those things. And so if you allow yourself the time to learn those skills and knowledge, then, you know, there's lots you can do. Um, cool. So when you started this, did you have a full-time job and then you're just doing it on the side? Uh, no. So uh, we talked earlier about, right, about the startup. So I built the first version of Gatsby just to build that website, basically. Um, and so I started working on the next major version of Gatsby that was just released a few weeks ago um, when I quit that startup. Okay. And so I quit that startup and I was like looking around for like, okay, what's the next big thing I'm going to do? And Gatsby seemed kind of like, it's just like there's tons of changes right now around how we build stuff for the web. And a lot of kind of like the mainstays of, you know, tools for building websites like WordPress, Drupal, you know, Joomla, you know, a whole host of like proprietary tools. Like they're just, they just don't work as well anymore for, you know, with, with all the, you know, the smartphone, like all the, like how we're all shifted to using smartphones all the time. Um, you know, the billions of people coming online, um, you know, in other countries yeah. that are like on smartphones, um, like, you know, crappy networks and so forth. Like, anyways, like most of the old tools assume you're on a desktop and have a reliable network connection. Mm-hmm. And like when you shift away from that world, all of a sudden these sites get super slow. You know, like, like I profiled just, you know, this, the, the, like downy.com a while ago. And it was like on, on a 3G network on a smartphone, it was like 18 seconds or something to load, <laughs> which is just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> which is just insane. It's like you have this like really pretty high profile site that's just like, you know, horrendously uh, unoptimized. Anyways, the point is, like, I was kind of looking around. I was like, oh, like, all the, like, tons of companies know that they're, they need to have their, their websites work fast on mobile, and they just don't have the tools to do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, really technically advanced companies are, like, figuring out, they're just building stuff custom in-house. But, you know, that's only, a, you know, a few small percentage of, you know, companies that are able to do that. Yeah. They have kind of the engineering talent and vision and, and, and I guess, like, the critical need to, you know, spend the 500k or something to build their own framework in-house to, to power yeah. things. So you know, I noticed, um, I know something else is really cool about Gatsby is if you turn off JavaScript, it still works. Yeah. yeah. At least the initial like page loads and all the links work. It just does a full, does a full network request. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's something you get from the static site generation. Yeah. That is really cool. Are you familiar with Next.js? Uh, yeah, loosely. I haven't used it for anything, but I mean, it's, it's in this kind of... Do you of, have a, do you have a comparison between Next and Gatsby? Uh, not that I've ever written down, but I mean, just, there's a number of people who asked about this, so it's, you know, it's something I've thought about and have discussions with people about. Um, and I think on the whole, they're very, they have very similar goals and you know, that you want to be able to, like, easily create websites 
that are fast using React. Um, and I, I guess the, the big difference is that, you know, uh, Gatsby is you know, very focused on kind of like the static site goal. Uh, the, the coming version of Next, you know, adds a static kind of export, um, which is like similar. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure in the details of that. Um, but anyways, it seems like fairly similar to what Gatsby does. Um, but I think like the biggest differentiator is, uh, you know, Next doesn't have an opinion on data loading. It just gives you like a function that it calls when it wants data and then you give it data. And so hmm. that's, 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 that's always a very do-it-yourself operation. Um, okay. Where Gatsby has, you know, the whole data layer and GraphQL system and like mm-hmm. all the source and transformer plugins to make it very easy to, you know, get data from wherever it is into your site. So yeah, so I, I think because a website without data isn't much of anything. No. And so no, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's a. I mean, that's that's been like the major focus of. Uh, all the work we're doing on Gatsby. Because in Gatsby view, it also adds like code splitting and like a few other things. But honestly, all that stuff was done in like a few weeks, you know, last August. Okay. <laughs> and then like the remaining like nine, 10 months of work was all around, you know, like this whole data layer and, and plugin system. Yeah. Because um, that's the real roadblock, I think, for most sites is, is like, you know, getting, uh, yeah, getting data to the right place at the right time. Um, and why Gatsby V1 is so fast that, you know, just, it just like makes, it just handles behind the scene, like getting the data loaded at the right time and in, in the right place so that, you know, when you click around, everything's just like Is that. it like prefetching so data? You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because, yeah, because it like knows. It knows like needed. what links are in the page. Yeah. And then it gets the data for those. Yeah, that's exactly how it okay. works. Like, it just like, it knows, so you land on a page and it says, well, Gatsby's like, Hey, you're linking to these other pages, so I'm gonna start prefetching the data for each one of those pages. Data and sometimes code uh, for all those pages, so that when you click on it, everything's already there um, to to go. Cool. So uh, one thing I love about Gatsby is how you've got your pages directory, mm-hmm. and then inside of there, you kind of just make a folder for each post or page, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then that way, like for normal markdown posts, your images are right there next to the post. Mm-hmm. But then also you could just, instead of doing a markdown, you could do a React, like a JavaScript file for mm-hmm. a post. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, I mean, you could just have a, like a live demo inside, yeah. inside the post. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pull yeah. in a component or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something I like, yeah, that was, that was like number one in, when I first started working on Gatsby, I was like, that would be so cool. Just, you drop a React component and it turns into a page. It's a very, like, straightforward way to think about things. Yeah. And a lot of people seem to like that. So, why is it called Gatsby? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, people often ask, like, is there, like, some sort of story behind it? And really, there's not. Like, actually, amusingly, I never, I hadn't even read Gatsby, like, the great the book, The Great Gatsby, <laughs> before I started working on uh, got to be in the search project. Uh, it was really just, I was starting a project and I was like, okay, what am I going to name this? And I was like, I really like 
books, literature of all sorts. And Just not that one, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so I've read the book since then, and I was kind of like, why do people read this? I don't know, why is it so famous? It's just kind of like weird people with weird problems. Yeah. I'm like, oh, these guys are immature. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Gatsby's just, yeah, he's, he's not a It's a fun model. movie, though. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes for an entertaining book, I guess, and movie. But um, anyways, uh, so yeah, I just like Googled like literary names, famous literary names. And I just went through the list and was like, which ones sound good? You know, are kind of memorable and sound good. And then also, you know, which ones don't already have an NPM package and website and Twitter handle. Yeah. <laughs> and Gatsby put all those names. So I'm like, Gatsby, that's like a fun name and season remember. And anyway, so I'm kind of like from there. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, use Gatsby. Make pull request. And, uh, yeah, I mean, didn't you have uh, 13 contributors on this V1? No, uh, a lot more than that, actually. There was like... Oh, maybe it was. Maybe I'm thinking of 1.3. Yeah, just in the latest minor release, there was... Uh, no, it's been... For, for, for before the 1.0 release, there was something like 40, 50 people contributing to the initial stuff. And since then, there have been like... 30-ish, I haven't made the exact count, but somewhere in the 30s, I think, contributors since, you know, just in the last, like, three weeks. Um, cool. Do you, do you have um, helpful links for how to get started contributing and or easy pull requests to get started on or anything like that? Um, there's, yeah, there's, there's, so probably the easiest way to get going is just, there's a long list of plugins that can be written um and mm. example sites and so there's an issue uh for you know just just people brainstorming you know different stuff that could be built and so that would be kind of a fun place to start so the plugins out. in the example sites are would those be a part of the gatsby org or just your own repo you make so example sites are to demonstrate the use of plugins or particular techniques okay um if you so so kind of how I actually need to write this up, but kind of how I'm starting to think about like the Gatsby monorepo is it's for like Gatsby related infrastructure. So plugins, like data plugins, you know, webpack plugins, that sort of stuff. Any anything that's kind of like at kind of like the lower levels of building a website, mm -hmm. but kind of like more opinionated stuff like Hey, here's like a sweet, you know, a sweet theme for building like a Gatsby blog or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like outside of yeah. the Gatsby. But I mean, those are totally useful too. I mean, lots of people build their first Gatsby site based on like uh, what we call like starters, you know, Gatsby starter that somebody's contributed. So those are really awesome. So if you, mm -hmm. if you're more of a kind of like, if you enjoy more kind of like the design side of things and you just want to build like a kick-ass, you know, like blog and then build it with Gatsby and then share it with the world, then like building and contributing back like a Gatsby starter would be awesome. Um, if you want to write more, you know, like kind of like infrastructure plugging type, like plug, like uh, plumbing type you know, stuff, mm -hmm. then like there's lots of Gatsby plugins that you've written as well. Cool. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, it was fun.